It's the Dogcast, episode number 286. Bulldogs beat the Wildcats and win the East and lose a legend. Larry, we're all going to miss you. You're the reason we do this podcast, man. And this one is for you. Fans, it's the Dogcast, your Dogcast, episode number 286. This is the Kentucky Post Game, the Munson Memorial, and the Georgia Tech pregame, all in one, baby, because hey, it's a holiday weekend, and this is all you're getting. Because Thursday, I'm going to be fat and full of turkey. So, um, and taking a nap. Yeah, I'm going to be asleep. Let's just face it, okay? We got big football on uh, Friday. We, we, we're, it's a busy weekend. Then we're traveling to Atlanta for this, uh, nerd herd game on North Avenue on the plains. Uh, before we get into the show, what is the deal? You know, you hear these guys on 680 The Fan, old dog, and they talk about how they call it the flats. Isn't that what they call it? We got a game on the flats, you know? I call it, I call it the hood. I know. I mean, it's not probably. the flats. It's not the plains. It's like in a city in the hood, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, it's like a reverse prison. I mean, they've got guards at gates and fences <laughs> and razor wire and all that kind of stuff around to keep people out. 
It's like when they call it the flats, I always feel like that's like a cute little nickname. I think like they're trying to make it better than it is. Like it's like we're playing in some home homey little yeah, I don't know what they're trying to make it out to be, but it ain't that. It's full of damn crips and bloods and gang members and taggers and spray painted graffiti and then you've got a few nerds and their robots and their trikes, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But um you know, I mean, and, and again, it it's the only stadium I know that keeps decreasing in size, and they can call it whatever they want to, but we all know it's the joke by the Coke. There you go, buddy. The joke by the Coke. So let's, uh, in order, I think, you know, it was a, it was a big, it was a big weekend for the Bulldogs, old dog. Just a big weekend. Um, a weekend full of big wins and big losses. You know, the win over Kentucky was big just by the fact that it was, you know, we want it, it secured the East. And uh, I don't really have much more to say about that Kentucky game. It was frustrating. It was excruciating. The defense played well enough. They played great, and they played well oh, enough. Oh, the, de- the defense played the defense played great. They played great. I mean, hell, they had as many. We held them to basically one yard rushing. They had as many yard rushings as they had attempts. Um, you know, the, the offense. I think it was Aaron Murray's worst game of the year. I mean, I, maybe not from a statistical standpoint, but I'm telling you, sitting in the stands, I was like, wow, what is Aaron Murray doing? I mean, it just he just and it wasn't so much. It was just a frustrating game. I mean, he, it wasn't that he was killing us with picks or anything. It's just, I'm like, what is, what are they doing out there? I mean, the offense is just like, what are they doing? And of course, a lot of that comes from, you know, our running game was hurt. Our running game was hurt. Um, and God, I just, I don't know. This thing with Crowell and this thing with Thomas. Carlton Thomas coming off his best game, coming off a game where he averages almost nine yards a carry against a top 25 team, you know, quote-unquote top 25 team. Best game of Carlton Thomas's career, and then he's just got to screw it up. You know, just when you think he's turning the corner, he's got to screw it up. And, old dog, what's with this crap about it's a person? What's it, you know, before the game, they went out of their way to tell us it was a personal situation, not a suspension. And then after the game, they're like, "Now we were just kidding. It was really a suspension." What was what, yeah. what? What is going on with Carlton Thomas? Man, I don't know. Obviously, he does not have his head on straight, you know, whatsoever. He has this and, fantastic uh, opportunity, and he's just going to blow it, isn't he? Yeah. You know, I mean, I really don't know, you know, what's going on in the kid's head, but uh, you know, my guess is that we've probably seen the last of him. I mean, three suspensions, three suspensions in a year. Uh, You know, I I think it's probably done. Now, I may be wrong, and I hope I am, but, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. I I mean, I just want to get in his face, man, and say, dude, you're on the edge of being awesome. You're on the edge. And, And, you know, you could say the same thing to Crowell for different reasons. You're so right on, you're right there, man. You're right there. But of being awesome, and you're like, no, I'd rather smoke weed. No, I'd rather be an, I'd rather be an idiot. I just can't stop myself from being an idiot. God, that just bugs me, man. I just, I mean, I just, I feel bad for the kid. I mean, you know, there are a lot of times when we're just, you know, there were times when we were like, okay, we're done with Caleb King. You know what I mean? We're just done with him. I don't feel bad for him anymore. I'm just done with him, you know? 
but Carlton Thomas, I still have a little goodwill in my heart towards him. You know, he still got a chance if he would just wouldn't be an idiot. And it's the same way with Isaiah Crowell. I mean, the funniest thing I've seen, they should move Jeff Schultz's article to the damn funny pages. You know, it should be in like full color, right in between Family Circus and, uh, you know, I don't know, Snoopy or something, dude. Now, did you see the article? He wants to know, should we rest Crowell? Should we rest him? Really? Should we? Hell, let me tell you something. Whether we play him or not, I'm afraid he's going to be resting. Hell, that's the problem. He rests too damn much. Hell, it don't matter if we play him or not. His ass is resting. That's his damn problem. You know, I mean, and it's like beating a dead horse. But, you know, here it is again. I mean, these are kids in their late teens, early 20s. Uh, They recover pretty quick. It's not like they, you know, they're not like me. They don't need, you know, to do some kind of athletic endeavor and then need a month to recover from it. I know. You know, (laughs) I mean, you know, I think these kids are probably, I mean, you know, I've seen them out Saturday night after a game. They appear to be pretty lively. Yeah, exactly. I mean, here's the thing. Look, and, and again, neither of us are Division One players, okay? I know it's a long season. We've had a long time. I, I get that. But, look, here's the key question. I heard this summed up. This is the key question. If he's hurt, you know, he he played three snaps against Kentucky, okay? If he's hurt so bad that he can't go for Georgia Tech, then I understand that. If he's not hurt so bad that you think he's going to be ready for Georgia Tech, then why couldn't he play in the damn Kentucky game? That's the real problem there. You know what I mean? Either he's hurt or he's not hurt. Either he's available for Georgia Tech and he probably wasn't hurt that damn bad this past Saturday, or he's not available for Georgia Tech and he's just hurt, you know? But I'm telling you, there's, you know, like, hell, best, he's, he's the tin man from Wizard of Oz right now, dude. We're looking for his heart. We're looking for his head. Hell, we know he can run when he wants to. But, you know, right now he feels a little like Randy Moss. He feels a little bit like a guy who plays when he wants to, sits on the bench, and is unconcerned. Did you see him? You know, he's on the other side of the field for me, old dog. But in the replay, you saw him sitting on the bench during the Kentucky game. He, you know, he's not cheering. He's not supporting his team. He's not no, cheering. He's, he, he's unconcerned. He's sitting there chewing on his mouthpiece just... You know, like he's waiting active, on a bus. Just, just yeah, just watching the world go by. And and again, I think it's we talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, you know, and and going in again, it's one of these things that I think has gotten just as recruiting has just really gotten out of hand with these high school kids. You know, we're making them like mega superstars when they're sophomores and juniors, and. If they don't keep their head on straight, which I don't know if Crowell does or not, but, you know, he's he's always been the best wherever he's been. You know, he was by far the best running back at Carver Columbus. He was the best running back on the field, and he had people basically his own age and size hitting him. You know, he's... And it's a whole new level when he stepped on an SEC field. And, you know, he's in here at 18 or 19 years old. You know, he hadn't been through strength and conditioning for a year or two. He hadn't been on the right diet. 
you know, to, to get that lean muscle mass on him. And he's got some guy that's been in a program like that for four or five years that's 260 pounds that can run as fast as he can, you know, hitting him. He's probably never been hit that hard in his life and, before. And, you know, I think he's like, oh, hell. <laughs> this, you know, ain't as, this ain't as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Right. You know? I like you know, being so. the damn big fish in the little pond, you know. Right. Um, yeah. So, clear, I, mean, so he need, he, I, I think, you know, and, and I don't know this for sure because he really and probably, you know, to his benefit, doesn't say a lot in mouthing off in the media and things like that. But uh, I think he's got a lot of growing up to do and kind of needs to get his head on straight and wrap around. You know what's going on. Okay, I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, you know, let's. What else is there? Anything else you got to say about the Kentucky game? No, just you know, thank heavens for the defense. Uh, you know, if they hadn't stepped up, who knows what it would do? And as we have talked about for so long. If you're gonna win games, you gotta score touchdowns. It was a really frustrating game. I mean, yeah, we had a couple of crappy. I mean, the only reason Kentucky scored the touchdown they did score was a couple of horrific calls. The the late hit was was pathetic. The pass interference that ball couldn't even been caught. Hell, you know, somebody on the twelfth row of the stadium caught that ball. You know, it was those were really bad, two real bad calls that were worth about thirty yards of offense for Kentucky, and it's the only reason they scored a touchdown. It was one of those games where I was never worried that we were going to lose, but I was just frustrated on every drive that we couldn't put them away. I mean, Murray didn't have his best day in terms of accuracy. Uh, you know, Brandon Harton, man, I love him. I love his heart. You know, I think Butt Baloo said when he hits somebody out there, he looks like a crash test dummy in a car wreck. I mean, yeah. he just flies around in there, and yeah, he bounces up like he's made of damn steel. I love it. I love it. I, I wish I wish we had a guy. That, I wish number one could bounce around and jump up like he was made out of steel. But like I said, he hasn't been with the program that long. Maybe he's just not that damn tough, you know. But uh, Brandon Hart, but, by God, is it, tough. He is, and, you know, I mean, I guess just to end it, let's not stop recruiting uh, running backs. Yeah, yeah, I love Hart. He's not an SEC feature back, but I love his heart. I, I'll, I'll, if I have to lose with Harton, I'll lose with Harton. You know what I mean? Without a doubt, and uh, if I'm that kid up in North Carolina, I'm thinking, you know, Georgia may not be a bad place to go. There's an opportunity I'll, here for you, son. There's I'll, an opportunity I'll, I'll probably for you. be getting a lot of playing time. Because we've had a lot. We've had more damn running backs flame out than we've had running backs turn out here in the past yeah. couple of years. There's opportunity in the backfield at the University of Georgia. So, uh, you know, that's it. Oh, and I do want to say one last thing about this Kentucky Wash. Kudos to Blair Walsh for stepping up. Special Teams Player of the Week this week. Yeah. Uh, Blair Walsh, as I, I don't know who said it. I think, but somebody said that boy Blair Walsh really recovered, really responds to 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 uh, competition, you know. And if you want to get Blair Walsh's attention, you want to get his head back in the game, you want to get him kicking it back down the middle. Let him lose a couple of kicks to uh, Brandon Bogate, and his ass will wake up in a hurry and become the kicker that we know he can be. Bogate makes his first ever field goal last week. Blair Walsh makes four this week. Thank you. You're you're welcome, dog fans. Um, and Drew Butler, strong recovery. That kid can punt. We know he can punt. He's punting the hell out of it this past weekend. Butler and Walsh. I ain't worried about Butler and Walsh. We can put that put that to bed. Um, 
Big loss with Larry Munson, old dog. Big loss. I know you being the old dog, uh, listening to, you've listened to a lot more games than I did of Munson's career. You know, um, I love Larry Munson. Everybody who lo- everybody, and you know, I'm not gonna, be, we're not gonna beat a dead horse here either. You know, Munson's been away from the program for a few years now. Um, they just don't make guys like Larry Munson anymore. You know, I think the biggest difference between Larry Munson and guys like Larry Munson and the guys we have today the guys we have today are just a lot more clinical. They're a lot more professional. They're a lot more, I mean, they, they're radio guys. You know what I mean? Not to say right. that Munson wasn't a radio guy, but the thing that made Munson different was he was a fan. He, he loved, he loved it and felt and talked the way fans do. When he saw Herschel run over those running backs, when he was chant, imploring Lindsay to run, run Lindsay. He was a fan, not just an announcer. The hobnail boot, the sugar falling from the sky, every time he said hunker down, he meant for you to hunker down because he wanted to win, because he was a fan. He didn't right. just get a paycheck and call the game. No, absolutely. And I mean, and he, he was the guy that you pictured sitting in the stands with a microphone saying what everybody else in the stadium was thinking, or at least what everybody wearing red and black was, or wanted to say if they could put it in words. And, uh, you know, one thing, too, and it's, it's a generational thing, but I think Larry is more important to folks my age than and, and really had to do a lot with TV and when Georgia and Oklahoma and Notre Dame sued to get more games on TV. Because back, you know, through so much of my life really coming in, you could a, a college team could only be on TV twice and a bowl game. So, you know, you really – you had to have the radio. That was your link. If you weren't at the game – and, you know, and I didn't go to all of the games back then, and certainly the away games, you know, I didn't go to. You know, Larry was your link. Nowadays, you know, the dogs are on. I mean, we, we bitch about them being on at noon. Man, you know, back in 1972, I would have loved to have had every game on TV at noon. Right, right. You know, but that's just – so, you know, he came too. He was he was our link to Georgia football. I mean, there were things like listening parties where, you know, folks would, you know, I mean, Bulldog Club of Savannah, we used to meet at some little bar, I've forgotten what it was called, you know, and that couple radios, you know, playing through the speakers, and we'd listen to it. Right. You know, I mean, that's all you had. Right. And, you know, and he did such a good job of describing the action and, you know, and painting the picture that you almost felt like you were there. And I know everyone's got their favorite calls you know, of him, I'd love for folks, you know, to call in or, or email us, you know, and let us know, you know, what's going on, you know, or what their favorite ones were. My personal one is, uh, is Appleby to Washington. I mean, that was, you know, 1975, you know, we had no chance against the Gators, a trick play and, you know, just off the cuff stuff. You know, Gene Washington, you know, running out of his shoes, thinking of the Olympics, you know, I mean, just, just neat stuff that the normal guy wouldn't have come up with. So yeah, I mean, and, and Larry will, 
you know, will be dead and gone for a long time. And, you know, sometime in the next century, they're still going to be tailgating in Athens and they're going to still be playing. I don't know what they'll be playing it on. Right. But they'll still be Larry, Larry Munson highlights at a Georgia game. Damn right. You're exactly right. He is an institution. Uh, that will live on, you know, his work, his body of work will absolutely live on. And, um, I mean, run Lindsay, run, I broke my chair and a hobnail boot and, uh, there's going to be property destroyed tonight on Jekyll Island. I mean, those are just great. You know, like I said, he came to it from a fan's perspective and largely I, w- I want to say, I know a couple of guys, I mean, that do a podcast that are, they're, trying to do the same thing. I mean, you know, really, you could look, but you could trace the origin or the, the genesis of the dog cast has a lot to do with, with how I felt about Larry Munson and the vacuum that we saw there back in 2005 when we started this thing, you know? And, uh, I tell you, it's just, um, it's just something different that when I say, when we talk about the dog cast being by fans for fans, that's what we're talking about. And that's what Larry Munson brought to the game was the was the fan perspective you know i broke my chair i mean that's something that every damn georgia fan know i know what he's talking about when he says that you know and it was really great and i'm really going to miss him i'm not going to fill the show up when everybody knows what munson sounds like we all got it i got the dvds and the damn audio and everything i'm just really sad that, that munson's gone i mean you know it's a world without munson except in recording now and that's just a really sad place to be it is the beauty of it though. He will, he will live on in the minds of, of existing Georgia fans and future generations to come. And what could be a better tribute? There could be no, you're right. Well, I tell you what, a great tribute would be to beat the nerds this weekend. There you go. And, and I tell you what, I, I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but, uh, it would really be a cool thing if the team came out with black jerseys just as a little memorial. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but we're a road team this week. We can't do that. We can't go black jerseys. Um, we're going to have some kind of sticker. I know we're, ro- we're rocking a helmet sticker this week. I think that's the only kind of memorial we're going to have on field. Um, as far as like on the, on the uniform, I think we're going to yeah. be rocking a helmet, I mean, a helmet sticker. But, um, anyway, Larry, we miss you. Damn good Absolutely. dog. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on. It's hate week. It's, it's good versus evil. It's normal people versus nerds. It's it's good U.S. Americans versus damn terrorists. It's men who like women versus men who like robots and World of Warcraft and, and Zima. It, it's everything you know. You, everybody knows what tech's all about. They're nerds. It's everything that's right in the world against everything that is wrong. They have more robots that go to their school than women. Okay, they, you know, they're sexless geeks, and we all know it. So, and they're run. Their football team is run by a smug, a smug asshole. Okay, let's just call it. Let's just call it what it is. All right. Yeah. Paul Johnson is a piece of crap. He thinks he's smarter than every other coach in all of football, and is not, not. Uh, you know, averse to telling you how smart he how smart he feels that he is, and um, we talk about it every year. He, um, you know, he has a uh, his he has a shelf life at every program he goes to. He has a shelf life, and I'll tell you, you know, earlier this year, old dog, when they had like the number one offense in the country, and everybody said, "Oh my gosh, he's figured out how to throw it." And you know, if you could take Paul Johnson's offense and you could add the pass, he would be a, an especially fearsome thing. Okay, 
whatever. He hasn't. That really hasn't materialized. A lot of people are worried about Georgia Tech, you know, because you hear about that stat that they have the number two rushing offense in the country. They lead the nation in rushing. They're number two in rushing. Okay, look, that sounds a lot scarier than it really is. Okay, they're actually the sixth rated offense, six rated offense in the ACC. They're not. That's this. Excuse me. Let me back up again. The sixth rated offense. In the pathetic ACC, okay? There's six. You know, you know who the six-rated offense in the SEC is, old dog? Auburn. That, no, wow. Auburn. Auburn is the six-rated offense in the SEC. So, uh, and you, we know how that worked out. So, I'm just telling you, they're they're not nearly as scary as you as people let on. They're not even in our class. They play in the ACC, okay? Here's the deal. In the three losses that they've had this year, thanks to my buddy Brazelton Dog for coming to, for sending me these stats. In the three losses that they've had this year, the bottom line is if you get them, if you get, you gotta, you gotta hold them in the first half. They're not a team that comes back, okay? No, I mean in their whole, they are, their offense is not geared to play from behind. Exactly. Exactly. If you can hold them to 14 or less in the front, in the first quarter, in the first half, they'll quit about the middle of the third quarter. Okay. I mean, Virginia Tech went up and down and up and down and up and down the field on these guys. Okay. They're, they're not, they're kind of, you know, we talk about Auburn. When we were talking about Auburn, I said they wouldn't quit. You know, this team is a team that absolutely will quit. Okay. <laughs> they're not that, they're just not that tough. They're nerds. Okay. Now, having said all that, though, we are going to have to play a full game to beat them. I mean, I want to win. I don't want to get caught looking forward to LSU. We need to secure the victory against these guys. I do not want Mark Bradley and Schultz writing in the AC, in the damn urinal constipation for the next 364 days about how Paul Johnson is so much smarter than Todd Grantham. Okay? But... Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. And, you know, along those lines, hopefully we will put a good offensive scheme together to do it again. Ball control, a running game would go a long way in securing a victory. Uh, you know, who knows who we're going to have at running back. But again, I don't want Bobo just to go ape shit. And just, you know, start throwing these long passes like, you know, he kept doing, you know, against Kentucky. I mean, you know, Murray, you know, and, and I'm going to digress here a little bit. Murray, to me, he's kind of like a golfer that gets on a streak. You know, he, you know, you can go and, and he went up until the Kentucky game. You know, he had two weeks where he couldn't miss a putt. You know, if he hit it on the green and was 20 feet in, that baby was dropping. Everything he did went right. And then against Kentucky, he was just a little bit off, and very few things went right. I'm going to throw out something. I don't know if he's a cold-weather quarterback. It was a little bit chilly in Athens. Yes. Saturday. And, uh, you know, he he didn't throw the ball real well. Uh, you know, not to digress horribly, right. but we also, he, he didn't do real well in cold weather in the bowl game. And, you know, the experiment with the glove was horrible. So, oh, I'm yeah. hope, so I'm hoping that it's a nice warm day at noon in, in Atlanta when we tee it up against tech. But again, we don't need to, I don't want Bobo and the rest of the staff to get it in their head that we need, you know, two or three quick strikes 
get up by four. I mean, we need to stick and do what we do best. And that's, you know, some short passing. I mean, you know, let's, let's stick to our normal game plan. And on defense, you know, let, let tech beat us with, uh, with throwing. I mean, we need to go all out to stop the run. Their quarterback is their number one rusher. Uh, you know, we need to concentrate on stopping him. You know, let's, uh, let's let Big John take care of the, take care of the fullback on the dive and, uh, let's put, uh, Jones, Jenkins, you know, a couple of these other boys on, uh, on the quarterback. You're exactly right. I mean, look, just their quarterback, like you said, Washington is their leading rusher. Okay. The quarterback is the leading rusher. He's really all they got. Um, their second leading, he has more than twice as many, he has twice as many carries and 50% as many yards, more yards than their, than their run, their next best rusher. Um, the bottom line is you got to think just like we did against Tebow in 2007. Jarvis Jones and Sean Williams, you guys got to put Washington on his ass on every play. That's the bottom line. If you put the quarterback on his tail every play, whether he's got the ball or not, every single play, whether he's got the ball or not, plant him on his ass every play, we'll win the game. That's the bottom line. Without him, they got nothing. It's a yeah. trip. You got, like you said, you got the fullback on the dive. You got the quarterback read. He's going to run down the line, and he's either going to pitch it or he's going to, or he's going to hold it. And odds are, if you look at the season, he's going to hold it. Tackle the quarterback on every single play. And Washington's not going to beat you with his arm. No, he's not going to beat you with his arm. That whole throwing thing, that was a scam that they they tried to per- perpetrate early in the season. He can throw. He's got an 82-yard touchdown pass. You know, it is possible, but he's not going to win a game throwing, okay? He's going to win a game with his feet. And if you tackle him on every single play, you take away that option. Exactly. And And pitch or not, he needs to get hit on every play. Right, and he's not played a defense like we have. Uh, you know, kudos to Virginia Tech. He has never seen it. He has not played a defense like George has got. This is a we have the surest tacklers, the hardest hitters, and the smartest defenders that he's played. And this thing is all about brains and assignments. Okay, you got to make the tackle. You got to be in position. You got to play. You got to play assignment football. Everybody knows that. Um, Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham has said he would never lose to a Paul Johnson offense. I mean, Todd Grantham, in my opinion, I love it because he's as damn smug. He's as smug that he can stop Paul Johnson as Paul Johnson is smug that he can't be stopped. You know, Grantham, yeah. Grantham is offended that a guy would run this offense. He's like, really? You're going to run a high school offense at me? You know, a guy like Todd Grantham is offended that this offense even exists in Division One. So Grantham is, you know, like, re- really, okay, we, yeah, we're going to stop that. I mean, Grantham takes it personally. To lose to Paul Johnson in this offense, I think, I don't know what it would do to Grantham's mental state, but it ain't going to happen. Um, we have the best defense that Georgia Tech has seen. I, th- I got Georgia Tech scoring 14 or less points. Yeah, I agree with you. I was thinking 14-17 in that, and I think we're going to be somewhere in the 30s. Yeah, I, I agree. It's um, it it we just got to take care of business and then move on to LSU. Take care yep. of business, move on to LSU, but don't look past them. Just take care of business, win it for Larry, and let's move on to the dome next Saturday. Old dog, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. 
You too, man. And, uh, you know, how, how weird is it that we're going to have back-to-back games in Atlanta, both, both kicking off around noon? It is pretty weird. Uh, it's been, it's very rare, buddy. What, since 2005, since we had that, uh, December game in Atlanta, I think. You I know? know it. And you know what? I can't figure what's up with the SEC championship kicking off so early. I don't know, man. That's weird, isn't it? It's, it's kind of a little disrespectful thing, you know? Well, you know, I mean, I guess they've got some kind of thing worked out because you got a couple other conference championships, you know, then too. And I guess maybe they rotate through. But boy, I sure would have thought that uh, CBS would lobby to have that bad boy in prime time. Yeah, you would think so. You would, th- I mean, really, you would think so. But um, especially on a shopping Saturday in December, you know, I mean, it's just not the best setup. Yeah. I don't know. They're squandering an asset there. But oh, I want to really quickly. I don't know if you've even seen it, old dog. I don't know if this even crossed your ra- radar. But this thing, the rumor about Coach Rick's going to leave on his own at the end of the season. Have you seen that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about that for 10 seconds. That's ridiculous. There's no way any website that you, a gambling website that you never heard of got some rumored information from some guy in South Carolina that you never heard of talking about, come on, that doesn't even make sense. It's stupid. So put that yeah, rumor and, in bed. And, and the two, and, and the two coaches that, you know, were in the running, again, it's, it's silly. Every and one other thing, silly. one other thing before we go, I think it is really hysterical that ESPN and all the pundits now are tripping over themselves to say how you really don't need to win your conference or even your division to be able to play in the national championship game mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they are building this LSU-Alabama rematch up the best they can. Nothing would be better for us to beat LSU and just really put a fly in that ointment. But, you know, I would love – you know, I mean, I remember back in 07 when, you know, that just couldn't happen. I mean, oh, if, no. if, if the University of Georgia had gone had, and rightfully played in the BCS National Championship game, that would have ended the world. I mean, you know, to hell with the Mayan calendar, it would have just stopped spinning right then. We would have become an iceberg and just fallen out of orbit. You're right. And, you're, it's, and it's, now, it's really convenient. It, you know, you're right. In 2007, it's it, there's it's not possible that a team could play for the national championship and not even win their conference. Now, you know, not their division. Oh yeah, not even. Oh my gosh, no, that's not possible. And I'll tell you something else too. It does. I mean, I know how it's going to work, but it, does it? Is it right to you that Alabama? I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not against Alabama, and I think Alabama is definitely one of the two best teams in the country. But it, isn't it a little bit weird that LSU beat Alabama at Alabama, and their reward for that is they have to play an extra damn game against Georgia, and Alabama gets to sit home and eat popcorn? I mean, you know, it, it stinks that the number two team kind of gets a break there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, I don't know. You know, on on paper, it's it's obviously the best matchup. Uh, you know, but but I would, I'm I'm glad they're taking us for granted. I'm glad everyone, but you know, a little group of of folks here in here in Georgia, you know, we're thinking, you know, it's a done deal. I yeah, mean, you know, know. LS, you know, if LSU gets by Arkansas, it's, and it's LSU and Alabama, by, and, and 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 Alabama beats Auburn. It's done deal. That's your national championship. Game. Right. Yeah. And and if we beat them in the dome, it it still may be 
But man, I tell you what, it would blow the BCS up out of the water, which I would love. You're right. I mean, fans of chaos are pulling for Arkansas and the Bulldogs, you know. And I don't have a problem with a rematch. I don't have a problem with LSU Alabama, you know. But I, I just don't know. There's still a lot of football left. I just don't know how it's going to shake out. There, there's no doubt. And, and the best part of it all is hearing those sanctimonious sons of bitches at ESPN backtrack and and just totally do a 180 on everything they said. In 2007, they reform history to suit them in the current year. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're right, old dog. I, I totally agree with you. And, but you know, let's focus on this game this week. It's it's old. It's you know they call it clean old fashioned hate. There's nothing clean or old fashioned about my hatred of the nerds. The geek squad down there needs to be put in their place, just like we do every year. They can't even sell out their damn stadium. You know when they sell out their stadium? They sell out their stadium every two years. Okay, yep. like clockwork for the George George Tech game, and that's pretty, and that's it. You know exactly. Um, couple of things to go. A uh, couple of things before we close the show. I want to congratulate our pool winner this past week, Craft Dog. Won uh, CRAF Dog won this past weekend. Me and Allie tied for third. Me and Allie tied for third, and but just to give you an idea how pathetic we all are, me and Allie tied for third, not even with a winning record on the weekend. Okay, she well, she and I were both five and six, and that's good enough for third. Holy crap, we all got to do a little better, you know. It was that kind of week, though. It was that kind of week. You're exactly right, and I also want to really thank Stewart. And my friends at the Corner Dogs right there at Payne Hall and the Trestle, you guys really made me and my friends feel welcome. We came by the tailgate. Those guys have a sweet setup, old dog. They have a sweet setup on the corner. You need to go by there. Those guys have, they have the softest pine needles and the coolest cross ties of any tailgate I've ever seen. And they really made me feel welcome. Old dog, the guys, they gave me a handle. Gave me a handle of Irk Russell commemorative maker's mark with the red wax on it. You know, you know how they do that special I, Irk I Russell know how commemorative. They do it. Uh, gave me a handle of maker's mark and gave me two redneck wine glasses. I love them. Mason jars on a stem, dude. You gotta love that. You gotta love a mason jar on a stem. I love the redneck wine glasses. I love the maker's mark. You guys at the Corner Dogs really made us feel welcome. I really appreciate visiting your tailgate. It was great to, great to see some listeners in Athens before that Kentucky game. So, uh, thanks for everything you guys do. Uh, the cup deal, man, the cup's old dog. I, I can't even, I wish I'd have thought of it earlier in the year. I think I could, I could probably, I don't have enough cups to satisfy everybody that wants one. Not even close. I don't even, ha- not even by half. But, um, so. You the- know, and I mean, when you threw it out there, I thought it was a crazy idea, and there it is. Took off like wildfire. Cups are pretty much over with, okay? If you haven't gotten a cup by now, you're not gonna get one. We, I mean, I, I'm bringing home 20, 30 from the past two games, and they're all gone. You know, Travis. But we're gonna. But next year we'll start early and go from there. Holy crap! Travis in California wants forty old dog. He's like, I'll take all you got. You know, I saw that wants to do wants to do the party bus up. I'm telling you, man. So uh, you know, cups just got gone there. But um, yeah, and you know, now suddenly the 2011 cup is all of a sudden it, it's a, the Larry Munson commemorative, the SEC East. It's the 2011 commemorative cup now. You know, there you so go. I wish I had more, but. Um, 
man, I really underestimated uh, demand there. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening, dog fans. Thanks for the feedback. Give us a call at 706-363-0210. You know, tell me about how bad the last show was. Uh, everybody is really uh, down on the solo show I did there, old dog. Hell, no show. I guess uh, I guess no show would be better than a solo show. Um, well, that's un- that's understandable because you know. I am the talent. Uh, yeah, I knew. I should not even bring that up. Yeah, of course. Derek can't do a show by himself. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> that would be horrible. Email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. Thanks for uh, buying into the show, guys. Uh, we're going to miss Munson. The reason we're here is because of Munson. You know, we're, we're by fans, for fans. We're trying to get it done for you. Let's get it done on North Avenue with the Hive this week. Go dogs. Thank <laughs> you.